This is Docs in the Box podcast. A podcast about medicine, muscles, and more through the eyes of two physiatrists. I'm Dr. Amy West. And I'm Dr. Matthew Cowling. So Docs in the Box, here we are, another episode. Um, Today we're talking to someone who I consider one of the most positive people that I know. And also a coach extraordinaire owner of CrossFit Sanctuary, uh, Bernie Henry. So welcome to the show, Bernie. Hey, guys. Uh, it's always kind of weird when you hear people talk about you. Coach extraordinaire, <laughs> nicest person you know. Yeah, it's so positive, positive energy, Bernie. You bring it. Am I nice, Amy, even when I'm telling you to lock out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> even even then, even then. Okay, all right. Um, so, you know, Part of the reason that I wanted to have Bernie on is because I think we could all use some of that positive energy in our lives right about now. We need it. (laughs) But um, Bernie, why don't you start by telling us just like who you are and like how you found CrossFit and just a little bit about yourself. Oh, wow. Um, So everybody always asks me how my fitness journey started, which is kind of segue into where I found CrossFit. Um, Always been active. Um, I've always been overweight, always been overweight. Um, I come from a family. Um, if you meet them, you'll, you would just know who exactly who I'm talking about. Um, but I've always been overweight all my life, but I've always been active, always danced, always worked out. Uh, when I was really, really young, my uh, mom put me in dance. Um, she was headstrong about making sure that I had some culture. So dance, uh, um, we went to um, charm school, we did art and things of that nature. And consequently, my father put us in boxing because um, he knew that we would have to defend ourselves after saying we went to dance class. Um, but the dancers stayed with me. The boxers stayed with me throughout years and I was doing that. And just working out the gym, just typically, I wasn't really um, concerned about my weight. I wasn't concerned about about my health. Um, I felt I was generally healthy. Of course, all the doctors were telling me, you need to lose a little weight, you need to do this. But I just felt that I was in good shape because I can run and jump and all the other things that I did. Um, I started teaching fitness classes, I want to say, um, probably in 1997, 98, just a part-time situation. Um, and somewhere um, along the line, um, my health started getting bad. Um, it was probably, uh, it was 1999. I end up uh, um, contracting a um, autoimmune disease called vasculitis, which wasn't apparent when I first got sick. Um, I had all these secondary symptoms that were appearing, which at the time seemed unrelated until uh, my rheumatologist actually kind of connected the dots and we were able to determine those secondary symptoms was because I had vasculitis. But when I f- when we finally determined that, it was at a point where my body just crashed. I was having some kidney failure. I was having some liver problems, hard time breathing. Um, I had infection in my joints and my hips. And um, when it was all said and done, uh, they put me on steroids and I had to do the methylmetrics and all different type of, uh, I guess, say, medicine that would help me get better. But through it all, um, I was told by a few doctors that I would not be able to walk without a cane again um, and have other health issues. And I just kind of refused to uh, believe that. I really did. Um, so walking with a cane became walking without a cane and walking without a cane became jogging half a block and jogging half a block became um, running a whole block and running a half a mile. Um, 
I dance, ballet, jazz, tap. And when I do tap, I'm considered a hoofer. So that means I'm heavy on my joints. I'm, I'm really just hitting it. And um, I was told that I'd never be able to dance a box again because of the impact on my joints. Um, and I was determined to dance and box again. So I started hitting a heavy bag um, ever so lightly, but it started getting better working with a trainer and I started dancing again. And probably within seven months, um, I was back to where I was. And, you know, when you had those type of scares, it, 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 it makes you value life a little more. You know, at the time, my children were younger um, and I wanted to be around for them and take a good look at myself. Uh, because of all the medication I was on, I, prior to being sick, I probably somewhere around 235 pounds, 240 pounds. And with taking all the medication and not being able to move, I got up to 280 pounds. Um, and enough was enough. It got to a point that I couldn't wear my clothes. Um, it got to a point where we were having a hard time breathing. So all this played a role in me kind of getting back into fitness and getting on, I guess, a, a trail where I was worried about my nutrition and things of that nature. And I just started taking things a little more serious when it came to fitness, um, researching a lot. Um, unfortunately, I had at that time a team of doctors that were more pro-medicine than actually getting me to move and do some things. It was in order to keep me safe and living healthy. And I understand that philosophy. Um, it just wasn't for me. And I just started going against the grain. Um, the weights start coming off. Um, I started teaching more classes and start valuing life. And I've always just been a positive person, but going through a scare like that is enough to make you even more positive and being more grateful um, and embracing the things that you experience. Um, as time went on, um, I people start taking me more as a serious instructor and well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I'm like, oh no, this is just part-time. Um, and part-time became full-time. Um, and preparing for a mixed martial arts fight, um, I was training with a group of guys who were crossfitting. Um, they used CrossFit as a way to train for their fights and we did fight going bad. Um, and I didn't know what it was and I barely knew what CrossFit was. And when it was all said and done, um, my first wide fight going bad, I was laid out on the floor. And I asked the coach and the guys, I was like, what was that? And then fight going bad from CrossFit. I'm like, CrossFit, what is CrossFit? And I went home and Google CrossFit. Um, three days later, I found the box. <laughs> And I have been CrossFitting ever since that moment. Um, I went from box hopping to actually finding a box home. And then when I found my box home, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. It was a way that I can transform people and make them happy, make them feel better about themselves. And not just from a physical, physical aspect. Um, I know a lot of people who look great on the outside, but they're suffering on the inside. Um, I wanna start inside first. I wanna create a connection with people. So um, you always hear me say this, Amy, I got 50 minutes to make you better. When you come in from a day from work or something, I got 50 minutes, that's all I have to make you smile and make you a different person and you walk into the box. And that's just, a, a, I guess, a small summation of my story where I got to CrossFit. But again, um, to sum it all up, CrossFit was a way for me to be able to reach a lot of people and make them feel good about themselves. It wasn't about how much they perform or how much they lift. It's just how great they felt when the workout was over. 
I love it. There's a lot to unpack there, um, okay. which is awesome. But I want to ask you a couple questions because I think it's really awesome that you had, you had an autoimmune condition, right? And then you were listening to your doctor who was saying, oh, well, take this medication. We don't really want you exercising, but some part of you said like, okay, this just isn't right for me to do. Yeah, um, it just doesn't yeah. feel right to me. And then you started going in your own direction and realized probably that the exercise was actually helping you a lot more than you thought. And did you make any diet changes at that time as well? Um, so I, I was definitely one of those people that said, oh, I'm not eating a lot, you know, um, and, and I was eating smaller meals, um, and pretty much starving myself. And, you know, in the beginning, you always make progress. And as anybody that goes on a diet that, you know, you don't have nutritionists actually working with you. But after doing some research, I realized that, um, I wasn't eating enough, you know, certainly not enough of the right stuff. Um, and once I started studying a little more, um, I tapped into a couple of nutritionists and they came up with a game plan, something very, very, very general. Um, I just took that on. And then that's when it wasn't about losing weight. There was a transformation in my body. Definitely it was not just losing weight. I was stronger. I was faster. I had more energy. Uh, my physique started changing. So it wasn't just about losing weight. There was in, uh, a transformation um, in my personality and the energy that I had and what other people were drawing off of it. Yeah. A lot of people find it hard to believe that the change in diet and exercise can make that big of a difference. Even when you have like an autoimmune disease, it makes a huge difference, right? But it's yeah. really hard because it's not something we preach or we're taught in the medical community. And that's why you run into that thing where doctors are telling you one thing and then you're doing the other and you're like, wait a minute, yeah. this works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually have a team of doctors now. We joke about it. My wife and I, um, she says, I'm the only person that can get an appointment right on a minute because uh, these doctors have been dealing with me for so long and I am somewhat of an enigma as to what goes on. So I do have rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and when I go into my rheumatoid uh, doctor's office, um, as you guys can imagine, there are a bunch of people in the waiting room um, who you can obviously look at and tell that they have rheumatoid arthritis. And you know, I'm just bouncing in the waiting room and, hey, how are you doing? And just talking and just happy as I can be. So I count my blessings that um, I'm not experiencing what they're experiencing. Um, but what my rheumatologist and the other doctors that I do see will tell me, um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, on two different occasions, I invited them to one of my uh, burn baby burn classes. I teach cardio classes. And um, they were amazed, one, by how many people were in the room. And they were also amazed by my energy and what I was able to do. Because um, unfortunately, they see me at my worst. They've seen me when I've had attacks and I've had episodes and, and had a hard time walking and was laid up in bed for you know weeks at a time and you know trying to you know, do the right thing to make me better. But they know that my activity definitely was a plus in keeping me on my feet and keeping the um, immune uh, disease at bay. You know, I still get episodes, I still have attacks, but it probably would be a lot worse if I did not do what I had to do, uh, what I'm doing now. Um, in addition, I invited them to a CrossFit competition. We did a master's competition probably about five years ago, five, six years ago, and I invited them out. and. Um, you know, to them, it was a lot of weight. It wasn't a lot of weight, but to them, it was a lot of weight. And you're, you're throwing around all these weights, you're doing squat cleans and you're putting this weight over your head and you have all these injuries. Um, I, I don't, my anterior rotator cuffs have disintegrated through a couple of surgeries and they're trying to figure out how I'm getting 135 pounds over my head and I'm jumping the boxes and I'm doing pull-ups and they're just blown away 
by the activity. So, you know, I always go to my, my go-to. I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I have a lot of faith in God that he's taking care of me and I'm extremely blessed. But at the same time, I'm able to experience the things I'm experienced, not only for myself, but I found over the last 20 years being in this business, um, my testimony is to help somebody else um, to get through any challenge that they may be going through. Maybe it could be medical, it could be physical, um, it could be emotional, mental, um, but just trying to be an example for them um, all the things that have happened to me, all the different injuries that I've had over the years and trying to make a, yet another comeback. Um, it was a way to, that I could be able to motivate somebody else that, you know, this is going to be all right. We're going to get over this. Um, and they are happy to see that. So sometimes when I visit my doctors and they ask me how I'm doing, I tell them what's going on. It, the first thing come out their mouth, well, keep working out as long as it doesn't hurt you. And that's what I do. You know, I know when to kind of pull back. I know when I can go full extreme, but they are probably pro exercise now than they've ever been in their medical careers when it comes to me. And they have now, um, I guess, you know, told other patients, you know, hey, I got this guy I want you to meet. <laughs> His name is Bernie Henry, you know, he owns a gym, he teaches cardio classes, let me show you a video of him, you know, and so now they're sending me some of their patients um, that are now part of the Burnberry Burn Army. And what an army it is. <laughs> I've seen Bernie in action. He's a uh... You would never know by by watching you coach that you have any kind of joint issue at all. But um, and that's something that you've said in the past to me uh, is that, you know, the way you you view exercise is that, you know, it's not a chore for you. It's you get to do it. You know, you're yeah. lucky to be able to do it. You're lucky to be able to move rather than, you know, some people I think look at exercises like, oh, well, I have to do this. And they, they yeah. don't look forward to it, whereas your mindset is such that you're lucky to be able to, to do it, which is important I, kind of flip, I think, in, in getting patients to kind of see the positive part of it. You know, it's, it's so funny that you bring this up. Um, there are a lot of people in my life that know the old Bernie. They won't let me forget that I used to be 280 pounds, 240 pounds, 200. They, they will pull out a picture in a heartbeat and let me know how big I used to be. Um, and most of them were probably on the thinner, smaller side or was, was perceived to be healthy. Um, Flash forward 20, 25 years later, um, as we all do when we get older and we kind of walk away from certain things, um, I'm trying to keep them healthy. I obviously have put on some weight and they've had some medical problems. And I always tell them, listen, you don't have to do me. You know, you don't have to do what I do. You know, yeah, I, do. I work out once or twice a day. I teach these classes, but you have to do something to keep yourself active. And that's going to be um, a saving grace for you. So, um, not just to keep you healthy currently, but even preventively from letting something happen to you. Or if something does happen to you, God forbid, you're able to bounce back a little quicker. So I, I have a bunch of, Matthew, I have a bunch of things that I, people call burningisms. And one of them I say is I'm blessed to move my body. So every time I get up in the morning, you know, I thank God that I'm able to move my body. Something may hurt, Something may be a little stiff that wasn't stiff before I went to bed, but the fact that I can get out of bed and once my feet hit the ground, rather I feel like, you know, doing some of the things that I do and working out and coaching, I, I just get up and do it because Amy, you're right. I feel blessed and grateful that I have an opportunity to, you know, be able to move my body and be able to use it to help other people. And also the fact that you've went through some adversity with this is a huge thing because 
one issue I think we can run into is some people that have been involved in athletics and sports their entire life, you know, who are out there kind of in the CrossFit space, they might not know, you know, what it's like to go through that when somebody comes in and they have pain and they're trying to, to scale things or pull back and to have somebody who's been through that, you know, had these injuries, joint issues going on and learn to work around that and then is now helping people to do that. That's huge. It's a great resource to have. It, it, you know, I, I think selfishly, I was worried. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes when I, I'm fighting to get better um, or getting over injury or illness, um, it's just selfish motives, obviously. You know, I'm definitely, you know, get that feeling like oh, I want to be able to lift. You know, I've had a couple of shoulder surgeries. I've had some knee surgeries. Um, my last major surgery, I um, tore my quadriceps during polar bear plunge. Long story. But um, I had a cast on and it killed me not to be able to move for about six weeks. And then they made the cast a little lighter. And the moment they did that, um, I was on a rower with a skateboard. I was able to jump rope with one leg, you know, and everybody's looking at me like, are you crazy? You're going to hurt yourself, you know. Um, but it was that, you know, that drive to be able to move, even if it was just for maybe five or 10 minutes, I didn't want to take that for granted. You know, um, in my head, I was careful. You know, I'm sure I scared my wife and other people uh, by doing stuff like that. But the amazing thing is, and I, I didn't realize it at the time, and I don't think we do when we're actually going through it, there were a bunch of people watching me. Um, and they would come to me later through their adversity and say, well, listen, I have no excuse. You were jumping rope, you know, you had a cast on your leg. I should at least be in here, you know, doing upper body if I can't squat or I should be, you know, on a treadmill if I can't actually lift. So um, once again, my selfishness, if you will, allowed me to be an example to other people that, listen, don't take this for granted that you can move your body because what you can do today, we, we're not promised to be able to do tomorrow. Yeah. And you, you bring up another point too, that, you know, you were in the fitness world for a while um, and you, th you were an active person and you thought, well, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm yeah. fit. Um, and it wasn't until fight gone bad that you realized, wait a second, <laughs> I'm not as fit as I thought, <laughs> or I'm not as healthy as I thought, you know, and I think there's also, it's a big component of what we face as physicians as well as people. There's a little bit of a denial there that, you know, I am, I'm not as healthy as I could be, uh, or the thing that I'm doing, yes, I'm, I'm moving, but you know, maybe it's very low intensity and I'm not really getting much out of it. You know, there, there are things that, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's a bit of a wake up call when you step into a CrossFit gym, the, yeah, exactly it, where you are on that scale, on that scale. It, 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 I mean, you guys as CrossFit is known for a fact that CrossFit is a humbling experience. Um, it just doesn't matter. And you could be great in one avenue of CrossFit and really have a lot of work to do in other avenue. What was hard for me, everything that I've done as a fitness instructor, I got to a point where I mastered it, whether it was spin class, step aerobics, um, group fitness, boot camp, um, whatever it was, I got to a point where I could teach it really well, I could do it really well, um, and felt right, felt very confident um, in that space. But, you know, there's something about CrossFit, you know, and here I am doing CrossFit, you know, 10, 11 years later, that I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I mean, not just like research learning and finding things, but learning how to not only 
teach myself how to do something better, but be able to relate that to our athletes at the box. This is how you do it better. Um, you know, from a guy who, you know, practiced yoga and, and did all this dancing, I, I thought I was very mobile and flexible. It's nothing like doing an overhead squat to put you, you know, in perspective that, you know, you really don't, you're not as mobile as you think you are, you know, you don't have the flexibility or endurance and strength to hold a weight over your head from a squat snatch, you, you know, and it's like frustrating, you know? So I think as CrossFitters, we all go through that, but as I, you know, kind of relate that to life in general, um, there's going to be so many different pockets of life that you're just not going to be good at or adapt to really, really well. But over a period of time, if you don't give up and you keep applying yourself, you can do it. You, you absolutely can do it. And CrossFit, it seems simplistic in the fact that it's just about working out. I, I just feel like it's more than working out. We know what it means when that clock hits three, two, one. We know what it means when we actually are able to do something in the wad that we've never been able to do before. It's nothing like being able to do a ring muscle up, Amy. <laughs> you know, you've been struggling with it for a while and all of a sudden, you know, you're up on those rings and you don't even know how to get down from the rings. You just basically just got yep. up there. Surprise, right? So yep. <laughs> I tell you, you know, CrossFit is so applicable to life, you know, um, from the community aspect of it, from you know, learning new things and being able to cheer other people on and have those people cheer you on. Um, I've been able to take so many um, tenets of CrossFit and just apply to life just in general. Yeah, I mean, there's so much there to, you know, uh, ways that you're able to affect people. Um, and now, you know, I'm just sort of switch gears, um, you know, talking about now what it's like being a gym owner and a coach at this time in in the world because um we're here in, in new york here we're looking like face like we're facing almost uh, maybe, maybe another shutdown mm -hmm. um and you know we've been through one already um and you know obviously it has its effects on on gyms and the communities and and whatnot so could you talk a little bit about that and sort of like what you've been doing and yeah. how, the challenges with that the only the only thing i can i can relate this to um i'm in this big ocean right now and sometimes the waves are manageable and sometimes the waves are not manageable um and more so when you are in the middle of the ocean a lot of times you don't even see some of the waves coming you know you're just kind of bombarded by it and i kind of feel like that's what this whole experience has been with the pandemic and all the other things that have been going on in our society um there was that period of time sometime, I, th I think in, in May or June, when um, I felt like CrossFit was going through a trifecta of challenges. It was not just the pandemic, um, it was the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and then on top of that, we had uh, the thing with Greg Glassman and what was going inside of CrossFit. And, you know, this impacted um, our communities in our individual boxes and collectively all across the world, because the one thing that we do promote in CrossFit is that unification, um, being able to look out for each other and help each other and cheer each other on. And here go all these major waves hitting us while we're sitting in the middle of the ocean, um, tearing us apart, dividing us up, um, and just kind of looking for that moment that I can save myself, you know, and others were being left behind. Um, I actually know of boxes where um, they had a group of uh, 
police officers in their box and they had a group of people who were minorities or believed in Black Lives Matter and this box was so unified at some point and you know some people just wanted to team up with each other every every Saturday there was a partner wide and now some of these people weren't even speaking to each other so you know it was like wave after wave things were coming in and boxes were de-affiliating and you know the pressure was on me what are you going to do what are you going to do um as I do everything in life um Matt as you get to know me um my faith is my compass you know I don't understand why God does what he does or and won't even pretend to it but I know scripture tells us to lean not on your own understanding but to you know depend on God's strength and his knowledge um he knows way more than I can know and as a human that's hard um but trying to remain positive, trying to keep everyone together, trying to stay in contact with all my athletes and you know, be motivating. It, it was good days, good weeks and bad weeks, you know, because in helping them, I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of things through this whole um, pandemic. I've had nine people in my life that passed away from this. Um, so it has been hard to juggle those emotions and help my family and friends that are directly impacted by the deaths of um, COVID-19. So here we are now able to open our doors and you know, like most boxes, we're struggling. We certainly aren't where we were when we were in March and um, paying the rent is very challenging. Um, we're nowhere near the membership we were when we uh, pre-pandemic in March. Um, and now we in fear of a second lockdown. Well, again, here I am in that ocean. I don't even see the waves coming um, one wave after another, but some way, somehow, I keep bouncing to the surface to get that breath of fresh air. I gasp in that air and it's enough to keep me afloat for a day or an hour, maybe a week, you know, until the next wave happens. So to answer your question, Amy, I don't know how we're managing it. You know, um, every day is a new day. Every day um, is a new challenge. Um, again, good days, bad days. And there are days I wake up and I'm like, oh, this is so overwhelming. This is incredibly overwhelming. Um, and I've been able to admit to people, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Number one, I'm a hugger, right? I hug everybody I see, right, Amy? <laughs> as soon as I first yes, meet that, that, that's, that's you, right? So yeah. I'm not okay. I'm not okay in that perspective. But just in general, um, it took me a while to do some housekeeping that, you know, there's some emotional things going on with me, um, trying to keep myself afloat and try to keep other people around me afloat as well. The best I can do is... Um, if I have access to my athletes and the people in my life who I've had the chance to uh, train or mentor, um, stay in contact with them. Keep checking on them. Are you all right? Are you okay? So I'm just not, when you walk in the box, I'm just not asking how your day was. I really do want to know. I may not be able to help, but sometimes it could help to talk about it. Sometimes I could just tell in your voice or your body language, you really need a good workout, right? Or Maybe I need to back up. This is not the day to tell somebody to get lower in a squat because they just had a rough day. Um, my saving grace is that it allows me to interact with people collectively and individually, um, which allows me to focus on them. And, and again, my goal is to make them feel better um, when they leave the box than when they come in. And even my cardio classes, you know, I want them to walk out like they got a good workout, but there's a smile on their heart and there's a smile on their face. Yeah, and you, we were talking about this last week, and you brought up an interesting idea of this this idea that, you know, the way people are sort of perceiving leisure time, 
you know, because people aren't on necessarily yeah. on a work schedule on anymore and yeah. people are staying home. So the whole routine of like getting, like leaving their house and going to the gym, even that idea is sort of not in the forefront of people's minds anymore. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I just think society and, and especially us New Yorkers, we got into such a routine of life that everything was rushed. Every minute and every hour was compacted with some type of activity, some type of chore, some type of obligation or responsibility. Um, and it, that seemed very normal to us. That seemed extremely normal to us. And the pandemic came and, and just shut us down. Um, I told Amy the story. I have some neighbors on my block. Um, when it first happened, I would go walk my dog and I would see them outside and they would be smoking cigarettes or talking and they were so uptight. They could not wait to get back to work. You know, they would, they, they admitted that their children were driving them crazy and uh, they just couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, they were pulling their hair out and fast forward, maybe four months later. And I, and I ran into them. How's everything? You know, I'm seeing them day by day and I can see the shoulders are starting to come down. You know, one of my neighbors told me he's never going back into the office ever again. There's no need for him. He's been able to accomplish everything that he could in the office at home and actually received a promotion doing it. So he told his boss, he says, you get two days. You, you get two days. I come into the office other than that. I'm going to continue to work from home. And he's been able to do it. And my other neighbor has been allowed to spend more time with his kids. Now he gets to go to baseball games that he couldn't go to. Um, he gets to hang out with them and spend more time, which may have seemed like a chore and a nuisance in the beginning of the pandemic, but definitely seemed like a blessing now. So I say all that to say that people got used to being on their own schedule now. So now we have class schedules in the morning and the afternoon. If you really want to come to CrossFit, you got to make it your business to get there in the morning before you go to work or right after work, you're rushing to get to our CrossFit classes. But because of the pandemic, um, one, people have accumulated so much workout equipment at home now over the last eight months. Um, there's so much content out there. Rather, you got to pay for it or just free through YouTube or Instagram. People could work out at home. It's this um, mindset of I could work out at my own leisure. I could work from home and actually just go in my backyard and work out for an hour and then go right back to work. Don't have to worry about showering or about being in the office or commuting back and forth. You know, I could start cooking dinner while I'm working from home. Um, and all that, that's a great thing. It's not a great thing for gyms. It's not a great thing for gyms, you know. I understand it. I realize that. But at the same time, um, this attributes to a lot of people not coming back to the gym because they're able to, you know, um, facilitate their own workouts on their own. And I think that's... Uh... Uh, part of it, I think that it's sort of a pendulum that I hope swings back the other way. Cause I, I think a lot of people before they started crossfitting, were kind of doing that either in a regular gym or at home or in their garage or whatever. And what drew, drew them to CrossFit and what kept them there was the community of people. Yeah. And and we, are you, it, Amy. we are starting to see that people are dying to get back. Um, yeah. But as, as they're dying to get back and the weather's changing here in New York, Matt, you know, it's getting colder. Um, what was it? 30 something degrees this morning, Amy? Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. yeah. So everybody wants to be inside now, right? Um, we are starting to see that the people do want to come back and they do miss the community. Um, but some people are still afraid of being in a room with a lot of people working out. Um, and CrossFit, you know, prior to the pandemic, we shared a lot of equipment. 
um, although we, you know, we're not kind of doing it now, there's still that fear. And then there's a lot of people who just have difficulty working out inside with a mask on, especially a CrossFit workout. Um, to this day, I, I still have members who, you know, if we give them the choice of working inside, outside, they still choose to work outside, even in the cold weather, because they just don't feel comfortable working out with a mask on, or they just don't want to be around a lot of people inside a building, one or the other. So the pendulum that you're speaking of is happening, Amy, but it, some other forces are working against it, that the swing of that pendulum as well. Yeah, we've been kind of having an interesting situation in Wisconsin. So our gyms open back up pretty early. And I think when the, everybody first came out of the quarantine, we were all really excited to get back. And that community feel was amazing. And then everybody realized how you know terrible it was to work out with a mask on. And then also what we started seeing as the months went on was, you know, the equipment in the gym is like being destroyed from being disinfected so much, right? So like all our nice barbells are now rusty. And so now we're trying to do increased maintenance at the gym. And now, um, actually, we just went down to another phase of lockdown again in Wisconsin. So now group classes are no-go across. So we'll see what gyms are going to do for that. But I think they're still having people come in. It's just we can't be having group classes. So it'll be interesting. We just keep switching back and forth between that. You know, um, life as it is, and just by every scenario, is about being nimble right now, um, trying to figure out what can work for you. Because uh, obviously what works for us one month may not work the next month um, or the next week. Um, but I think what is important is the message that uh, as uh, fitness instructors and affiliate owners and CrossFitters, we need to get the word out. You have to do something. We have to find a way to connect that community together. Um, and we did in the beginning, you know, everybody was doing the Instagram and doing the Zoom and, you know, that was working for a while. But, you know, just like everything else, it got a little tedious after a while. It wasn't as exciting. And no one knows how long all these lockdowns are going to last or how long we're going to be in this situation. So um, we're charged with um, being those motivators, being those encouragers and, and, and that positivity that Amy was talking about. Um, there are a lot of horrible things that happened during this pandemic. Um, I talked about losing nine people in my life, but I certainly can also sit back and talk about all the great things that I see that are happening in other people's lives and in our society because of this pandemic. Well, that, that's, that's the Bernie way of looking at things, <laughs> looking at the positive. So we all appreciate that. Um, so, you know, the one thing about, well, one of the things that's so nice about, uh, your gym and you know when I go there is that there's it's literally just it's one of the most diverse gyms that I've that I go to I mean there's people all ages all races all levels um, just everyone's there together and having a good time together right so um, you know as you mentioned before there was sort of a kind of a schism if you will within yeah. the, the CrossFit community certainly when it came to uh you know, things that went down with Greg and the comments he made. And, um, and, you know, you, I, you mentioned to me that you were getting some pressure to possibly defiliate at the time. It kind of happened within like 48 hours, everything kind of got flipped on its head. So, um, you know, for those of those of you who can't see Bernie, Bernie is a black man. Um, so, you know, there was some, you know, there's been questions about diversity in the CrossFit community and, and racism and, um, and can you just like walk us through a, like your views on that, but also what it was like in, in those 
48 hours when yeah. the whole CrossFit world got turned on its head? Yeah, and, and indulge me too. I'm, I'm going to take a step back before this year happened. And when I first started CrossFit, um, there weren't many African-Americans doing CrossFit. It just wasn't. I'm talking uh, 11, 12 years ago. It just wasn't, at least not in this area. And I've belonged to quite a few box. And there was a lot of times that I was the only black person or black male um, that was a member of that box. Um, through my journey and just being a fitness instructor, I've had the opportunity to teach people of all genders and races. And I guess the attraction is that, you know, we felt good being around each other. And that just kind of transcended you know, as I ventured into the CrossFit world, after one year being open, we went to a competition um, and I, it was a competition of three. And I, I, I believe it was, it might've been uh, Flex on the Beach. It was Flex on the Beach, uh, which happens out in Long Island here, Matt. Um, and it was teams of three, uh, teams of four, two men, two women. And I think I had 37 teams at this event, basically my whole gym. I made everybody believe that they could do a competition and we went out there and we took a group picture and there was so many of us, I do four times 30 teams, whatever that number is, right? Um, and somebody came up to me and said, oh, you have such a diverse box, right? So this is 2013, right? And I sat back and looked and I was like, yeah, you know, I had blinders on. I was just seeing everybody as my members. But when I really looked at how many women we had, how many African-Americans had, how many Latinos and Hispanics that we had and um, Indians that we had, whatever the culture was, it was represented in our box. Um, and that made me feel good as a affiliate owner that, you know, rather I intended to do that or purposely did it, I brought together a bunch of people who just love being with each other and love working out. That, that was the main thread that brought everybody together. So, you know, fast forward to what's going on this year, you know, um, I think a lot of people thought that I was going to go in one direction because I am a black man. Um, and it wasn't about race for me. It wasn't about race for me at all. Um, my humble opinion, I feel that a lot of boxes de-affiliate themselves from CrossFit um, in the knee-jerk reaction, number one. And number two, not so much because of Gret's Greg's comments and some other things that went on. And, you know, we know about the emails and some other things that he said and done and what CrossFit did and did not do. Um, I don't think those were the main reasons why people de-affiliate. They just had issues with CrossFit altogether. And this was just like the last straw in the camel's back to break it, to say, listen, let's go for it. Let's, let's come hard on CrossFit to get what we want and to see some change. So I didn't want to be a part of that movement. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I was offended that people was using the Black Lives Matter movement to defiliate from CrossFit when that wasn't even their issue. Their issue was they didn't like how the Open was being run anymore, or they didn't like that it wasn't regionals anymore and it was sanctionals, you know. There was all these other peripheral things going on, but the rest of the world looked at this mass affiliation of exodus, if you will, and sponsors coming out as this was a support toward Black Lives Matter. And when we peel back the onion, that really wasn't the case. So yes, I did receive some pressure. Well, you know, how are you a black man and you're, you're not affiliating, you're standing there. And I had to make my members take a breath. Um, I, I mean, this is personal phone conversation, text messages. I actually made a post about this. Listen, we've always been inclusive at CrossFit Sanctuary. 
we it didn't matter what your sexual orientation was, it didn't matter what your gender was. We we made everybody along with their ego check it at the door. Because once again, my coaches and I, we only get 50 minutes to make you feel good about yourself. So something my partners and I made sure that we did is that we kept an atmosphere of inclusivity, bringing people in, make people feeling together. Um, partner wads are the thing at my gym. People love the partner wads because they get to work with people. But I also use that as a methodology to get people to work with people they don't know, you know, uh, people they haven't had the chance to work with. You know, the RX people always want to work out with the RX people because they want to do the RX work. But sometimes we mix it up and I'll put an RX person with someone that's scaling the workout or someone that's relatively new to try to bring them close. So my my statement to my athletes and to my members and people in my life who were questioning our motives, you know, CrossFit Sanctuary has always been inclusive. We've always promoted that. We've always been about the community and looking out for each other, even if we don't agree on everything. Um, because this is not the first thing that, first time something happened in our culture that could absolutely, absolutely split the box up. This is not the first thing. There's been other elections. There's been other situations uh, surrounding Black Lives Matter and other things that happen in our society and culture that can certainly split the box up. And we, we, we overcame that. What I told everybody else is, now it's time for the rest of the world to catch up to CrossFit Sanctuary. Let us continue to be the leaders that we are uh, and have been through all these years, showing our community strength um, to promote unification, even when there are major things going on in our lives that can, you know, rip the shreds of our tapestry of our community apart. Um, this is the time that we have to be strong. You know, nothing changed. The person that you love prior to the pandemic and prior to all the protests should be the same people that you care for and adore for now. Their belief in something shouldn't change how you feel about them. You may look at them through a different lens, but at the same time, they're still part of our community and we still care for each other. So the rest of the world, they got to kind of pull up their bootstraps and catch up to us. CrossFit Sanctuary, we're good. Yeah, I love that perspective too, because at least for me, and I know a lot of other people that I know, the big thing is, you know, in our world, you know, everybody within the CrossFit space, we're already going through so much at that time. And then it was like, everybody's world is just crashing down. And where do you go? you know, when your world is crashing down, I, I just go to the CrossFit box, right? You go to hang out with your people, your friends. And when there you go. <laughs> you're, like you're not going to have that, I mean, it's just a terrifying feeling even to think like, you know, you could go there and, you know, people would become be becoming disconnected and angry. And it's like, that's the place where we all go for relief. So props to you for keeping it together. That's amazing. And setting an example. Yeah. You know, um, even during the election, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I just, reality is reality, and I'm being very honest. You know, the, the, this election, as we know, have put people on polar sides of the world, right? Um, what they believe in, what they didn't believe in. And as in most scenarios, most people think that their cause for justice or injustice is the correct and right way. And, you know, you're going to have people disagree. Um, there have been times that my partners and I, we had to make a concerted effort to make sure that certain, certain things just wasn't discussed. You know, this just wasn't the place for that. You know, politics and religion, we're just not going to have that. Let's talk about things that were a little more relatable to what was going on at that particular moment or what was going on in the room. We could be talking about the skill, how good a workout was. We wanted to keep things just very vanilla. So, you know, we didn't want people to come to the box and have to worry about 
working out with people that didn't believe something they believed in or weren't fighting for them. We wanted you just to have a safe place to come again for 50 minutes to an hour where you could just be happy and, and just lift to your heart content, run to your heart content, do as many burpees as you want to do. Um, we just wanted you to be happy for the time that you're there, you know, and, you know, I literally had to stop some people from having discussions like, all right, okay, let's kind of calm that conversation down. Enough of that. Let's move on. Let's talk about the workout and keep it from there. Um, I don't know if that's the answer. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm belittling how they feel or don't care how they feel. Um, but there's a time and place for everything, you know, and um, in trying to salvage our community um, not just at a box, but just throughout the world, you know, we know what it's like to be a CrossFitter, you know, your first rule of CrossFit, you talk about CrossFit, second rule of CrossFit, you talk about CrossFit, right, you, we know that passion, we drank the Kool-Aid, um, it's almost just like, you know, my parents used to say what happens in our household stays in our household, we don't want the rest of the world to know what's going on, you know, that's our business, that's our family's business, well, that's how I feel about CrossFit, I want us to, to air our dirty laundry, Okay, it's over, it's done with, you know, we're back to being these great athletes, you know, um, that we do this, these kick-ass movements and we just feel good about ourselves and we just enjoy working out and being around each other. And that's the image I'm always going to portray within the CrossFit world. And, you know, I think that speaks to the name that you've chosen for the gym, right? It's Sanctuary. Oh, so, yes. I mean, the, it, yeah. that's what it is. It's a place where we go and sort of escape the real world for a little bit yeah, and just are able to kind of be together and enjoy each other's company. So um, it is. And, and we, we went through a few name reiterations when we named the box and um, I was sold on quite a few other names. And um, my partner said sanctuary. And it was immediate. All those other names that I was fighting for and, you know, put my name in the head. Like I want this name. I want this name. The moment she says sanctuary, it just resonated with my heart and my soul that that name could represent a place, like you said, where people could feel safe. And, you know, it's so funny, even though although I had a connection with the name, Amy, it didn't dawn on me until we were open for six or seven months where I can find a correlation of the name and what was actually happening and what was going on and what we were able to accomplish at CrossFit Sanctuary, you know, making people feel safe for that time that they were there to the point that they didn't want to leave. I can't tell you how many athletes I had to throw out the box. I was like, all right, your hour's up or you've been here for four hours training. It's time for you to go home. Or you've been here every day of the week working out, you know? Um, that's a good feeling that they want to be there, that they want to hang out in the parking lot and talk when everything is over and, you know, I've literally had people um, work out for an hour and a half to two hours, and yet they're still in the parking lot working, uh, talking and just exchanging recipes and phone numbers and just catching up with each other because they haven't seen each other. That's a really good feeling to know that um, Sanctuary was a catalyst of creating those relationships. So, I mean, I think something that we, we ask everybody or we try to ask everybody on the show is that, um, you know, if you had a advice for somebody who wanted to start, you know, down a, a fitness journey or start CrossFit and maybe they weren't sure or they, you know, were thinking about it, what, what would you say to them? Um, start small and manageable. Um, I, I, I'm constantly challenged with telling um People new at working out and my seasonal athletes, there's no magic pill. 
right? Um, we talked about how humbling it is to do CrossFit and how CrossFit will reveal all your weaknesses and the things that you are able to do and not able to do. Um, this is a journey. So you got to start small and you got to be manageable. You know, um, a lot of my friends and family are like, well, you know, burn, we're not like you. We don't have the time like you, or we, you know, we don't work out two, three hours a day. And I tell them, listen, you don't have to do me. You don't have to do Bernie. You don't have to be like me. Go for a walk, go for a bike ride, you know, start off with a 15 minute workout. And I try to give them resources and places to go. It is a journey. It's a slow pace. Enjoy it as you go along because there are going to be moments where you're going to see some achievements and you're going to hit some goals and you're going to feel really good about yourself. And there are going to be moments where you plateau or moments where you fall off the wagon. Um, but the good thing about it is if you're blessed enough to wake up another day, you get to start all over again. You get to start all over again. You know, um, yes, people will hold on to the past, what you used to be, what you used to do, whatever. But the fact that you could start all over again, that's a great thing, right? There's no failures here, you know? Um, very few people can consistently keep, you know, moving up the ladder every single day. Um, and even those people will find themselves plateauing or having a setback, whatever it may be. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to start small, right? Um, and then the next thing is align yourself with people that were encouraging. Um, people that are going to be honest with you, people that are going to put their arms around you um, when you hit a PR, people are going to put their arms around you when you lose a pound or two, and people that are going to put their arms around you when they haven't seen you work out in a week or two. But look out for you. Hey, where are you? Come on out. We haven't seen you in a couple of days, you know? And again, that's the other beauty of our community. Um, and I, you guys know this, if you don't see somebody at the box for about a week or two, what we do, we pick up the phone, we call them, we text them, hey, everything okay, we haven't seen you, because we built that relationship. That relationship on our journey through fitness and health is essential. It's absolutely essential, which is probably why I love CrossFit. I'm that person anyway, but CrossFit really pushes those values. I love it. Couldn't agree more. Everything he said is literally where we all need to be at and where we all have started. And the fact of CrossFit being such a humbling experience, I mean, we touch on it all the time, but it's crazy, right? But the community is what we all keep coming back to. It's all about just finding a, a great community. It is. So, all right, guys, Bernie, thanks for coming on. I think we covered a lot of great topics. Um, anything else you guys wanted to go over? Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. So I've been following you guys. You guys are doing great work. And I do thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me on the show. Where can people find you, Bernie? Uh, CoachBurnBabyBurn.com or my Instagram is CoachBurnBabyBurn at, and that's Burn, B-E-R-N, Baby Burn. Um, and that's my Facebook page as well, Coach Burn Baby Burn.